Welcome to Thoroughly Equipped, a podcast for women where we compare the popular women's ministry teachings, books, conferences, Bible studies, etc. to scripture. Our focus is 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I am your host, Melba Toast. May this episode bless you and bring glory to God. Welcome back, ladies, to another episode. Thank you for joining me today. I'm just going to dive into this episode because we really got a lot to cover. Um, Last week, I discussed a little about what women's ministry is, its purpose, and its teaching with the goal of looking more in-depth at women's conferences. I wanted to lay a foundation for those uh, for these next couple of weeks as we tackle looking at the very popular women's conference, the IF Gathering. Ladies, this has been by far the most intensive look into the conference, the purpose, the founder, the speakers, and the teachings that I have ever had the wherewithal to study. There are ladies such as Michelle Leslie, Amy Spreeman, and Elizabeth Prada that have looked into the speakers of the conference, but I felt it was necessary to really, really dive into this. So I literally watched the last three years of conference sessions and purchased an all-access pass to this year's conference. That is a total of 33 estimated hours of conference messages. I didn't watch some of the ministry promos, the individual testimonies, and worship videos that were included in the conference, but just to give you an idea, this year's conference was only 8 hours and 45 minutes long. That was with attending one breakout session. Tack on the other breakout sessions that I had access to and you have an estimated total of 14 hours for this year's conference alone. I didn't stop there, ladies. (laughs) I then took time to look into the popular reoccurring teachers that speak at this conference, especially those that have spoken for three years in a row. I did add some speakers that have spoken for less than that, but they are very popular in the evangelical sphere of women's ministry. I wanted to look at the way they handled scripture and their influence as women leaders in evangelicalism today. And this is what we're going to dive into today, the speakers. But to start, I want to lay out for you a couple of important biblical truths about women in ministry. It's very important that we learn these truths and be willing to stand on the Word of God. See, God, through the Apostle Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gives an ample warning to the church in the last days that false teachers coming out of the church will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. That was Acts 20.30. This is very important, that men, yes, and women, will come out of the church and draw people away from Christ to make disciples of themselves. They don't leave the church, ladies. They are within the visible church, speaking about themselves and training you in what they have learned, making you like them. To draw you away from actually learning about Christ by using his name, 
but never really teaching him. He is not their authority. Their own imaginations, desires, philosophies, and ideologies are their master, for if Christ was their master, then the scripture would be taught. This is the ultimate deception. Now there are, however, ways to identify whether any woman in the church in church ministry has placed themselves under the authority of Christ. These are our litmus tests to judge whether we should be putting ourselves under their teachings. The first test is, do these women hold that all of scripture is authoritative? Do they obey clear teaching to women about their roles in the church community? Do they call themselves pastors? Do they preach, teach over men in their own local church or any local church for that matter? Yes, ladies, we must be true to the word of God. God, knowing the end from the beginning and determining that his word would not return void, instructs his church to not allow women to have authority or teach over men, 1 Timothy 2.12. I will be devoting an episode to discussing this topic, looking over the scripture, and addressing the common arguments for and against women, quote-unquote, pastors. But for now, it's enough to trust the word that it is very clear on this issue. Delivering a message to both male and female congregants within the local church body is to teach them, whatever the topic. A note that I am very specific to say the church body. If a woman calls herself a pastor, if she holds a different title yet teaches two men in the church body, she is in direct violation of this instruction given to us by God. The church is is the institution given by God to train up his people to be like Christ. And within the church body, he grants certain roles to have authority, by which the people in those roles are to teach, train, and shepherd the flock of God. Elders and pastors are given that authority. And in that role, one of the ways they exercise that authority is in the preaching of sermons. The preaching and expositing of the scriptures are not only to be handled correctly, but to have authority over us, and we as his children are to place ourselves under the teaching and training of these sermons. I want us to understand this because even if any of these women do not call themselves pastors, but are still willing to give a message on Sunday to a mixed-gender congregation, she is setting herself up to have some authority by doing this. This test reveals to us whether she has a heart that is willing to submit to God in this matter. And believe me, if she teaches to men and women in this matter in her local congregation, how can she train the younger wives to submit to their own husbands as to the Lord? For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Ephesians five twenty two to 24 Do you see the relationship between the ecclesiastical institution of the church of God and its head, Christ, is to be an example to its people, instructing us in the relationship between a man and a woman in the institution of headship in marriage. 
If we undermine the male-given authority in the church institution, it will have consequences on the male-given headship and female-given submission in marriage. The second test is, do these women associate with known false teachers? One of the most intriguing letters in the Bible is a letter written by John to an unnamed lady in the church. In 2 John, we have John instructing this woman to walk in the truth and separate herself and those in her home, which meant the local church which gathered at her home, from false teachers. Watch yourselves, John says, so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting, for whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Second John 8-11 to Anyone who does not abide in the teaching of Christ. These are people who, instead of remaining in the teachings we have in Scripture, teachings that are so deep and profound and may take eternity to delve into, decide to go off into their own teachings and ideas, even some who go so far as denying Christ. Do these women associate or promote other speakers who teach doctrines that contradict or are not found in Scripture? Again, do they associate or promote women who write and teach themselves or their own philosophies instead of Christ? Do they promote women who twist scripture? The third test is, how do they handle scripture? From beginning to end, the scriptures are about God's saving grace through Christ. After Christ's resurrection on the road to Emmaus, Jesus, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, explained to the two of his disciples what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself, Luke twenty four twenty seven. The Old Testament is just that, a testament to the faithfulness of God. It is his revealed word over the Old Testament period on the coming Messiah. The New Testament is a testament of that Messiah's arrival, his life, and his teachings to his people. Do they draw out the teaching of Christ from the text in the context of the scriptures? Or do they start with a topic and pull out verses to support their topic? Do they read a section of scripture, go into the history, and draw out Christ and application of it for sanctification? Do they give both law and gospel? Or do they take the text and make it about you? How to overcome your Goliath, or how to roll away the boulders in your life? Do they somehow make every text about your purpose, your faith, your strength, and how much God just really loves you? So, with these three tests, we can determine if any woman, speaker, or teacher is one who submits to God's word. Today, we will look at the more popular teachers from the If Gathering Conference. We will look first at whether they call themselves pastors, whether they teach over men, and whether they associate and promote false teachers. In the following episode, we will look at the teachings coming out of the conferences over the past years to see how they handled scripture and who they taught. The first woman we're going to look at is Jenny Allen. 
She is the founder and visionary leader of the If Gathering. She is also a New York Times bestselling author, and her titles, Nothing to Prove, Get Out of Your Head, and her newest release, Finding Your People, are all labeled as Bible studies. She has spoken at the Porch Conference, Liberty University's Convocation, and is the host of the podcast show titled Made for This. Jenny Allen does not call herself a preacher, but has alluded to preaching at conferences. She does, however, call herself a Bible teacher, one who has gone to seminary. Now, her conference messages have been centered on the idea that our current battle is a battle for the mind. She relays how the quote-unquote enemy is set to destroy our thought spirals by bombarding us with lies. To conquer a time in her life which she describes as dark and full of lies from the enemy, she decides to attack the lies with research and God's word. Uh, If you've not listened to my critique on her Bible study titled Get Out of Your Head, you should go back and listen to those episodes from season one. I go through the study, highlighting what I thought was good and bad in her study. For this episode, I will mention that while I am very eager for any woman to break open their Bible and study it, I am extremely wary of how that study guide handles the text and what, if any, additional philosophy or sciences are brought into the guide to make the scripture more relevant. In Jenny Allen's case, she includes such sciences as positive psychology along with scripture to help you get out of your head, so to speak. This undermines the sufficiency of scripture and Christ as a means to sanctify our thought patterns. In that critique, I try to show you that the more we study scripture, and especially Christ, the more our thought patterns will be conformed to him. A Bible study that draws out of the text, and in this case the study of Philippians, would not only be handling the scripture correctly, but would also draw us closer to Christ. Jenny Allen, instead of drawing out from the text, infers or puts in the text a more modern psychological idea, merging a worldly science with scripture. This is called syncretism, and it's a form of liberalism that has at its foundation the underlying belief that scripture is not authoritative on its own, we need other authoritative tools, and that scripture is not sufficient on its own to sanctify God's people. All right. The second woman we look at is Christine Kane. She is an Australian activist, evangelist, author, and international speaker. She is most known for her founding of the nonprofit organization, the A21 Campaign, which combats human trafficking. In 2015, Kane founded the Propel Women Organization, whose goal is to empower women for Christian living. She has authored titles such as A Life Unleashed, Run to Win, Can I Have and Do It All Please, The Core Issue, Undaunted, Unstoppable, Unashamed, Unshakable, and Unexpected. Her most recent release is titled How Did I Get Here? She has been featured on many international television shows such as TBN's Praise the Lord, Better Together, and Joyce Myers Enjoying Everyday Life, and many others. 
In October of 2016, TBN launched a show featuring Kane called Equip and Empower with Christine Kane. Now, there are numerous instances of Christine speaking, she calls them sermons, at churches all over the globe. She is a common guest speaker at Elevation Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, Bill Johnson's Church Bethel Church in Redding, California, and many campuses connected with Brian Houston's Hillsong Church. All of these churches repeatedly teach a word of faith, health, and wealth gospel, and some of this has seeped through her quote-unquote sermons as she has made statements in regards to faith activating God to work in and through us. She also connects herself with what is called Zoe Churches, a ministry centered on reaching and influencing European cities, quote, by building a Christ-centered, Bible-based church, changing mindsets, and empowering people to lead and impact in every sphere of life, end quote. That's from ChristineKane.com. I say this because I haven't been able to to determine her exact involvement in this ministry and if there is any connection to Zoe Church in Los Angeles, California. But regardless, she has no problem connecting herself with a ministry that purposely plants churches by couple pastors, husband and wife pastors. So, she has twisted scripture in her sermons promotes and aligns herself with false word of faith teachers such as Joyce Meyer and promotes and encourages women and men to transgress God's word by encouraging couples to be pastors and plant and lead churches in Europe through Zoe churches. The next woman we'll look at is Jada Edwards. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Uh, Wife to Dr. Conway Edwards lead pastor of One Community Church, one of the fastest-growing churches in Plano, Texas. Jada Edwards is creative art director for the church and every once in a while gives a message to the whole congregation spread over several campuses on Sunday mornings. In one of her most recent sermons titled The Church, A Higher Calling, posted on YouTube back in October of 2021, She goes about instructing the congregation on who the church is and how the church should get in alignment with Christ. Now, I have to say that I listened to the whole sermon and thought she even handled scripture very well and really hammered in the lordship of Christ, but that doesn't make her teaching and training men, even if she is under the authority of elders in her church, it doesn't make it okay. You can be a brilliant speaker or teacher and even handle scripture well. It would still be done in disobedience to God's clear word that women are not to teach or hold authority over men. I want to be very cautious here, because I tell you, I really liked Miss Edwards. I wouldn't even go so far to say that she's a false teacher, but I would say that because she preaches to men, she is undermining the authority of scripture. I don't know if she realizes that while her words exalt Christ, her actions undermine his clear teaching in 1 Timothy 2. Next is Sadie Robertson Huff. She is an American businesswoman who rose to fame from her appearance on the E&E reality program known as Duck Dynasty. She also is known for being runner-up in season 19 of ABC's Dancing with the Stars. 
She is host of the podcast, Well, That's a Good Podcast, as well as a New York Times bestselling author of the book, Live Original, from which came a devotional of the same title, as well as a sequel to Live Original, titled Live Fearless. In 2020, she released Live, Remain Alive, Be Alive at a Specific Time, Have an Exciting or Fulfilling Life. In 2021, she released Live on Purpose, 100 Devotionals for Letting Go of Fear and Letting God. In 2022, she presented her most recent book titled, Who Are You Following? Pursuing Jesus in a Social Media-Obsessed World. Quote, my passion is to speak, to write, to encourage, Robinson proclaims on her website. How does she accomplish this passion? Through not only her books, but her social media presence, as she has 5 million followers, as well as through her Live Original Tour, which reached 16 cities, and her YouTube channel, which has 537,000 subscribers as of March 2022. It is in her YouTube channel that describes her as preaching giving messages and sermons to various churches and conferences. She has spoken at the Passion Conference, founded by Louis and Shelley Giglio. The Passion Conference has hosted speakers that have commonly twisted scripture out of context and gives very self-centered, semi-Pelagian, purpose-driven sermons to young adults. For quick information, Pelagius was a man who taught that Man was good in nature and had the ability to come to God by his own will. Semi-Pelagian doctrine presupposes that people are born good and are actually searching for God. This is contrary to scriptural doctrine found in Romans and Colossians. And we merely need to choose Christ through our own will, and Christ will do the rest. But along with preaching and giving sermons to various churches revealing her unwillingness to submit to scripture, Miss Huff has had psychiatrists on our show to give practical steps we can take to live happier lives, promoting the idea that being happy can lead us to a better relationship with God. Now, this type of teaching emphasizes feeling as determining a right relationship with God instead of Christ fulfilling all we need to be made right with God, regardless of how we feel. For more on how I believe psychiatry undermines the sufficiency of Christ and His Word, as given to us in scripture to train the man of God in righteousness, check out season one episodes titled Two Opposing Doctrines, Man's Wisdom of Positive Psychology versus God's Wisdom. At the minimum, this reveals a lack of trust in God's word in being all we need for life, godliness, and right living. Second Peter one three, Second Timothy three sixteen to seventeen, Psalm nineteen and Psalm one nineteen. Next is Jamie Ivy. She is the author of the books UBU, a seven week marriage study titled Compliment, a sort of autobiography titled If You Only Knew My Unlikely Unavoidable Story of Becoming Free, a six weeks course titled. Your Story Matters, discussing how our story can change the world, and host of the podcast, The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. Now, there are no records that I could find of her speaking at churches over a mixed congregation, nor does she call herself a pastor. 
She has interviewed the typical evangelical stars of today, like Beth Moore, Russell Moore, uh, Francis Chan, Lauren Chandler, etc. And because of this, there are certain teachings and doctrines that I find to be unbiblical, but I would not necessarily qualify her work as unsubmissive to scripture, but more of a superficial, in-depth, and centered on social, worldly issues instead of deep and theological issues um, in its nature. Because of this, there is a tendency to become more concerned with the world's concern than with seeking after the kingdom of God through Christ. But it is an interviewing type of show, and so it can be limited into more personal experiences than Bible teachings. Next is Latasha Morrison. She is a speaker, author, and, quote, reconciler, bridge builder, and leader committed to educate people on cultural intelligence and racial literacy, end quote. That's from LatashaMorrison.com. She is founder of Be the Bridge, an organization with the goal to, quote, encourage racial reconciliation among all ethnicities, to promote racial unity in America, and to equip others to do the same, end quote, from LatashaMorrison.com. She is known as a certified trainer in cultural intelligence and unconscious bias. This organization works with large and small companies as well as churches and nonprofits. I am very uninformed on what type of training and education goes into becoming a trainer in cultural intelligence and unconscious bias, but I wonder what type of literature and teaching helps one become culturally intelligent. Isn't God's word perfect wisdom from which we can learn what is good and what is evil and therefore conclude what is culturally intelligent and culturally unintelligent? And isn't God's word so powerful that it is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart, Hebrews 4.12? God's word reveals where we are biased. It shines light on it so that it would no longer be unconscious, but now at the very forefront of our mind, bringing it into our consciousness, calling us to repent where we sinned in this. I'm curious how reliant she is on scripture to guide one into true reconciliation or whether she has relied upon man's wisdom as well as scripture. She's authored a book titled Be the Bridge, Pursuing God's Heart for Racial Reconciliation, where she gives a, quote, clarion call for Christians to move towards relationship and deeper understanding in the midst of a diverse culture, end quote. Now that was from the book's information on christianbook.com. To hear a very thorough critique on that book, you can go to the YouTube channel Conversations That Matter, where host John Harris very lovingly and truthfully, goes through her teachings expressed in the book. Miss Morrison has taught over a mixed congregation at Mark Batterson's National Community Church, which has multiple campuses in the Washington, D.C. and Virginia areas, as a guest speaker for a series titled Peacemakers. All right, Bianca Olthoff. 
She has been a speaker at the IF Gathering for at least the last four years consecutively. Author of the book titled How to Have Your Life Not Suck, as well as creator of the nonprofit organization In the Name of Love, Bianca Olthoff is an incredibly engaging speaker. She is very enthusiastic and really knows how to draw her audience into her messages. On her website, she gives topical devotional messages derived from scripture verses, short verses, mind you. Now, this is called proof texting, the method by which a person appeals to a biblical text to prove or justify a theological position without regard for the context of the passage they are citing. And while there is a right method that can be beneficial when proof texting, it is very common for devotionals to give the wrong method. For example, taking a historical text and reading ourselves into it. Such teaching of historical text makes you David and Goliath your problems. Another example could be taking historical narrative and applying it as it is normative, something we should expect or see on a regular basis. Bianco Olthoff, more than not, uses an inappropriate method of proof texting when coming to her messages and devotions. Miss Olthoff also has no qualms over preaching and teaching, nor any issues with calling herself a pastor over males in a mixed audience at her and her husband's church, the Father's House located in Orange County, California. Her most recent sermon was on conflict resolution in a series on relationships titled Rated R. Next is Jackie Hill Perry. Miss Perry is a poet, writer, and hip-hop artist from St. Louis, Missouri. While Perry is known for her spoken word pieces such as My Life as Stud, a poem about weed, and Jigaboo, what she's most known for is her testimony from a lesbian lifestyle to a Christian lifestyle. Her work combats the belief that God cannot change the desires of a human, especially in the gay and lesbian community, and in this case, she has a very necessary ministry and a word needed for our day and age. Her writings include the book titled Gay Girl, Good God, the story of who I was and who God has always been, Jude, Contending for the Faith, and Holier Than Thou, How God's Holiness Helps Us Trust Him. Miss Perry has preached a Sunday morning service at Progressive Baptist Church in Chicago, as well as spoken to several co-ed conferences. She has also yoked herself to other women who proudly call themselves pastors such as Nora Jones, Monica McClellan, and Sarah Jakes Roberts, daughter of modelist and prosperity heretic T.G. Jakes. Another quick side note here for those who don't know the modelist heresy it is belief that God is one God and only displays himself in three forms, sometimes as Father, sometimes as Son, and sometimes as the Holy Spirit. This is in direct contrast to the historical Christian view that God is one who eternally exists in three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Jackie's early ministry, 
I was very blessed by her teachings. I thought she really pushed the supremacy of Christ, the glory of God, and exaltation of God's word when she taught. Over time, however, I have been troubled to see her connections with those that do not hold scripture up as all we need for life and godliness, and in more recent years, her words and teachings show a lack of trust that scripture is sufficient to guide us into godly reconciliation. She relies on worldly sociological tools to help her read God's word, and these two should not be mixed. Joe Saxton Joe Saxton is an author, speaker, podcaster, and entrepreneurial coach. Born to Nigerian parents and raised in London, Joe brings a multicultural and international perspective to her leadership training for women. A sought-after speaker, Joe has a diverse calendar addressing universities, churches, national conferences, nonprofits, and corporations, including Q, Catalyst, Everive, Noonday Collection, Lakeshore Media, and internationally in the UK and Australia. That's all from joesaxton.com. Miss Saxton's co-hosts a podcast titled Lead Stories with Pastor Steph O'Brien, where they discuss quote, challenges and opportunities around leadership with the goal of encouraging their audience to step into their God-given influence with courage and intentionality, end quote. That's from joesaxton.com. She has authored several books such as More Than Enchanting, The Dream of You, High Hills and Holiness, and her book Ready to Rise tackles the real-life issues women face Workplace harassment, sexism, low self-esteem, financial woes, power battles, and old wounds while providing meaningful wisdom from Joe's own journey to leadership. That's from joesaxton.com. In her own About page on her website, she informs us that she has led ministries, nonprofits, and pastored and planted churches. Now, Besides claiming to pastor and hosting a podcast with another woman claiming to be a pastor, I'm curious about this rise in training of women to be leaders. It's becoming extremely popular in women's ministry today and is especially promoted by almost all the speakers showcased at F Gathering. Somehow there's this idea that every woman is a leader. Words such as serve and submit and servant seem to have vanished from their vocabulary. I think I may do an episode on this type of teaching and mentality within the woman's ministry, as I see so many Christian women promote themselves as leaders, life coaches, and social media influencers. But I digress. So, Joe Saxton has also been a guest preacher at Willow Creek Community Church and City Life Church located in Melbourne, Australia, preaching over both men and women at these churches. She has also spoken at Vineyard Church's VNG Conference. Now, the Association of Vineyard Churches is a neo-charismatic evangelical denomination to which all Vineyard Churches are connected. It's much like how the Assemblies of God are associated with each other. 
Vineyard churches are connected through a movement started by John Wimber, rooted in the charismatic renewal that is associated with the Signs and Wonders movement and the Toronto Blessing. And to be blunt, there have been many, many false teachings that have come out of all these movements that have influenced broader evangelicalism today. Ruth Chow Simmons Miss Simmons is a best-selling and award-winning author. Her titles include Grace Laced, Beholding and Becoming, and Foundations. Her most recent book is titled When Striving Cease. She is most known for her company, Grace Laced, an art and lifestyle brand. I have to say that her work is just so very beautiful. I also appreciate the message she was trying to convey in her speeches and books, that we strive for self-improvement without understanding the grace of God. In the first session of her Bible study, When Striving Cease, she gives the gospel and at least reads scripture on our sin and God's great mercy. Now, I haven't come across any videos of her speaking at churches on Sunday morning or even over Christian conferences for both male and females. There are videos, however, of her speaking at a conference at Oklahoma Baptist University with a mixed audience. But as I come to scripture, I don't want to add where scripture does not speak. So, in this case, a woman speaking at a university, even a Christian university, I wouldn't be so picky about. There may be something I'm missing, and I'm willing to be corrected by scripture on this point. It's when a woman comes into the house of God to preach, teach, and supposedly give the apostles' teaching, Acts 2-4, and come under the authority of scripture that the line must definitely be drawn. God is clear that for the gathering of his people and devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching, God has instituted that it be a man to give and hand down these teachings. A man is to be preaching. So while I appreciate Miss Simmons' teachings and her, from what I can tell, submission to God's word in the area of teaching over men, I do question her discernment. She, back in February of 2021, appeared on the Jesus Calling podcast. I don't think this necessarily means she supports or endorses the extra-biblical revelation that Sarah Young gives in her writings and in this franchise in general, but it does expose at least that she hasn't really thought about what Jesus Calling promotes. Now, if you want to know more information in regards to the Jesus Calling franchise, I did a series on this very popular devotional in season one. We looked over and wrestled with the teachings in her devotional for teens, as well as examined the beginnings of the Jesus Calling book itself from its introduction in the 2004 edition. We discussed what she describes as her conversion experience, as well as looking at the subjective experiences she claims to have received. These episodes are worth checking out if you have questions on what doctrinal issues as well as what type of Christ is being given in these devotionals. So like I said, there's just a slight question of discernment on Ruth's part. Lysa Turkhurst. In my research, it looks as if Lysa has spoken at least the last two years of this conference. She is another very well-known speaker, as she is also a best-selling author, as well as the founder of Proverbs 31 Ministries. 
Her book titles include Forgiving What You Can't Forget, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, Finding I Am, Uninvited, and What Happens When Women Say Yes to God. There are many more quote-unquote Bible and book studies. Now, I have done a thorough look at what she teaches in her booklet, Is God Speaking to Me? I take the time to look at what she teaches about hearing the voice of God and compare her teachings with scripture's teachings to see if they match up. That series is in season one and is actually the first book critique series of Thoroughly Equipped. Has Lysa preached over men in a church gathering? Yes. She has not only preached to a mixed-gender audience at such churches like Embrace Church in Sequoia Falls, South Dakota, she has spoken and attends a very questionable church, Elevation Church, pastored by Stephen Furtick, based in Charlotte, North Carolina. If you don't know, Elevation Church is extremely questionable, and I'm using polite terms here, as their goal and formation of the church are very seeker-sensitive oriented, as well as some of the very questionable teachings given by Mr. Furtick are worth discerning, as they are very self-focused and at times have been heretical, to say the least. Miss Turkers offers her testimony in Proverbs on the Proverbs 31 website. Her written testimony is the common testimony found in evangelicalism today, the testimony of one realizing that God loves them. While it's true that God is a loving God and I'm not against relaying to others the knowledge that God loves us, it is inadequate at best if we think that this is the whole of the good news, that God loves his people is seen through the historical life and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And grasping and understanding this good news comes first from understanding the bad news, that we are sinners in the hands of an angry God, children of wrath. While Miss Turkers identifies that she struggled with not being enough, the good news is not that God merely thinks you are enough or that he really loves you just as you are. The good news is that though you and I are sinners and deserving of his wrath and punishment, he sent his son to live a perfectly righteous life, yet take on all our sin so that he may take the full weight of God's wrath upon himself. Go to her testimony and all of this witness admission of her own sinful nature and the testimony of Jesus Christ is completely missing from it. In this case, dealing with Lysa Turkers and my research into her, her actively teaching over men, association with elevation, and mishandling of scripture in her writings should make us question her discernment as well as who she is teaching when she speaks. Anne Voskamp. Now, Anne Voskamp hails from Canada and has been a speaker at the IF Gathering for at least four years running. She is an author of four New York Times bestsellers titled The Greatest Gift, Unwrapping the Greatest Gift, A Family Celebration of Christmas, The Broken Way, and probably the most popular of her books, One Thousand Gifts. She has been on the Today Show with Kathy Lee Gifford, had articles in ChristianityToday.com, World Magazine, and the Huffington Post. 
while anne does not call herself a pastor nor speaks at the brethren bible chapel she attends she has spoken at saddleback church for their christmas message back in december twenty twenty one as well as hillstong church in australia about two years ago as a guest speaker she has given a sermon to both male and females in the congregation she has been on the better together tv show as well as the life today show and praise on tbn she has connected and associated with other speakers such as christine kane and lisa harper beth moore lisa turkers and many more her speaking and writing reminds me of rob bell mysticism emotionalism and a lot of questions without answers lots of talk on brokenness relaying her own experience with tragedy but never clear talk on sin Talk of God being for us, but not much on being for us, even despite our transgression against His holiness. Lots of talk about God working things out for our good, but not much about our call to be like Christ and the call to holiness in our lives. There has been talk about the language she has used in her books. Questionable language. Such talk centered on the idea of, quote-unquote, making love to God. And yes... She means the making love as that form of interaction between a husband and a wife. These are red flags that many in the Christian community have rightly questioned. My conclusion. Wow, if you have made it this far, good for you. Because <laughs> that was a lot of information. <laughs> now, those were just some of the speakers that have appeared at the If Gathering. I chose these specific teachers not based on whether they preached or taught over men in the church congregation. I picked those who were either very popular and or had spoken at the conference for more than two years consecutively. After identifying the repeat speakers, I then went through each one, looking at their ministries, books, websites, video messages, podcasts, and speaking engagements to determine if they pass the litmus test on whether they willingly submit themselves to God's instruction to the role of women in church ministry as given in God's word. As I have determined, some do, yet most don't. And here's the next thought that if they are not willing to submit to God's directive to women in the church, that brings into question how they handle God's word. If they ignore, excuse, or make light of clear directives, how can they handle the rest of scripture? If they don't rely on it to instruct them in ministry work, how can they train others to look to God's word for life and instruction into righteousness? More times than not, a woman who desires to dedicate what she deems as service and good works unto God, calling it Corbin, set apart for God's use, yet rejects God's very instructions given to his woman, is a woman who wishes to draw disciples after themselves and not Christ. Acts 20.30 For he is our Lord, and he is to be obeyed.
Next episode, I plan to read a great commentary by George Whitfield on why we should determine to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. I want to read this in an episode so you can contrast Whitfield's teaching on the importance of knowing and receiving Christ with the following episode, where I will take you through some of the teaching that has been given in this conference. The goal is so you can learn how to discern who is being preached and taught, so you can discern what type of disciples are being produced by these conferences. Are they disciples of Christ, or disciples of if gathering and the speakers of the conference? So ladies, until next week, I pray that we remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in a most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, heeding even the clothing stained by corrupt flesh. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. I pray, ladies, you are in his word. Ladies, if you are interested in the transcript for this episode, you can go to ttew.org. You can find other great resources, articles, blogs, and videos that may bless you in your Christian walk, as well as links to follow me on social media. If you wish to contact me, you can email me at thoroughlyequipped316 at gmail.com. Again, the website address is ttew.org. Thoroughly Equipped is part of Striving for Eternity's Christian podcast community. Striving for Eternity is a Christ-centered ministry focused on equipping people for eternity by assisting Christians to have an eternal perspective on life. They strive to bring evangelism, discipleship, apologetics, and Christian living together for the purpose of eternal preparation by exalting God, edifying and equipping the saints, and evangelizing the lost. They provide speakers, online articles, online courses, books, podcasts, and other theological resources, all centered on God's Word. To find out more, go to strivingforeternity.org. And to listen to other podcasts, go to podcast.strivingforeternity.org. I pray that their resources bless you as they have blessed me, as we live our lives day by day, praising and glorifying God.